What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. This is episode 420, the original OG sex positive podcast, celebrating five years alongside my co-host Lincoln. How you doing, Lincoln? Doing well. I'll always take a 420, that's for sure. <laughs> right? I knew we picked this one for you, mister. <laughs> Absolutely. Also in the house joining us, of course, is Cody Maurice Doggett. How the hell you doing, Cody? Hello, darlings. I'm doing wonderful this evening. I'm, I'm looking forward to a 420 myself. Okay. Hey. Uh, hey. All right. <laughs> Enjoy, enjoy on this Monday night when we record this on the 5th, which also happens to be our other co-host's birthday today. And I'm talking about Jeremy Ross Lopez. Happy Yay. birthday. Happy yes, birthday, Jeremy. Yeah, exactly. And good news is he will be in New York City visiting, uh, staying with me this weekend, which I'm super excited. And I know we're going to try and get him to see you guys as well. So, Yay. In town for the Christmas season. Yes, exactly. All right. A um, couple shout outs to some listeners that listen to us. Shout outs from uh, Magnus, who listens to us in Sweden. Said, nice to see your faces. Haven't have listened to your pod for ages. JP, Aww. who watches us on YouTube, says, gorgeous. Keep up the good work. And Phil S. joined our Patreon community, which you can too. Uh, on November 14th, he pledged for the full year. And you can go to patreon.com forward slash tags podcast to support tags podcast. Well, you know, Christmas season is officially here. And I put up my tree and got the place ready. I feel it's a little bit different. We're going to talk about a little bit later the highs and lows of the holiday season. But to start off on a positive note, are you guys in the holiday spirit this particular year, Cody? Not quite. Not yet. I'm working my way to getting there, but I don't know. It's a little slow coming this year, so. Hello? I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, how about you, Lincoln? I know you listed some parties offline. Yeah. I um. Well, you know, we haven't spoken in a bit. We had a great Thanksgiving, which is always the kickoff, right? Right. <clears throat> and I, uh, we went and saw a family that Peter hasn't spent a holiday with in over 20 years. So it was wow. really fun to be in someone else's family bubble. And especially it was people that haven't seen him in so long. And that was really joyous and wonderful. Um, but then we came home and the next day we took Pretzel to the emergency and she was in emergency for six days. She was in the doggy ICU in an oxygen bubble and we almost lost Salty Pretzel. So that both took me out of the holiday spirit, but now that she's okay and she's well on the We can hear in the background. Yeah, she just got back from a walk and she's getting really strong really quickly. So that put me even more into the holiday spirit. I decorated the the bakery this past weekend and I'm really grateful that we have her, that we're okay, and that our little family of three is strong. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting more and more into the holiday spirit. We can't help but mention, though, the Supreme Court conservatives today seem to be siding with a website designer 
who doesn't really want to work with same-sex couples. And there are several conservative members of the Supreme Court who seem sympathetic to arguments from this graphic designer who seeks to start a website business to celebrate weddings, but does not want to work with same-sex couples. The conservative justices viewed the case through the lens of free speech and suggested that an artist or someone creating a customized product could not be forced by the government to express a message that violates her religious beliefs. And, you know, I was thinking about this a lot because I was watching a lot of news today. And the key part in all of this is creating content or, they, as they said, one of them creative content. So we're talking photographers, website designers, obviously, people that do this kind of thing. And in the past, I've always felt like when you're working with the collaborative effort, like when I've had a past website that was more fashion centric, we went with a recommended designer that worked in the fashion industry and he was gay and so it was a really great collaborative experience and he had no problem making great suggestions for it when we were editing our tv pilot for tags tv we went with this woman that had worked on other gay related docu-series or types of shows like we did i think she even worked for uh, queer eye and she was totally comfortable with it, knew the stylings. And so I always go back to why would somebody, you know, I, I'll we'll talk about why this is bad or not, but why when I want to work with somebody and it's creative, I want to work with somebody that gets me, not with somebody that doesn't believe in my beliefs. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Lincoln? Um, because it could also, the other argument is it could be a slippery <clears throat> slope on now anybody could just refuse, well, I don't like these people, so I'm refusing to work with them, and so on and so forth. I find it a little confusing, I'm going to be honest, because I have the right to refuse service to any customer as a business owner, don't I? I do. You do, and they mention that because restaurants, so, you would go under that. This is creative right. content, yeah. So if I'm, again, I'm, I'm literally no agenda here. I'm just trying to see it maybe from a different angle than just the, you know, discriminating against anyone yeah, is wrong. Exactly. So that Correct. doesn't work for me. And however, if I was a, I don't, I guess it's the reasoning behind it, right? Because if someone wanted the visual input of Stephen Lincoln and it was some very, ornate, re deep religious visual thing that I just didn't really know anything about and wasn't really going to be good at it, I might turn and say, well, I don't think I'm a good match for this because I don't know any background with this. And doing the research isn't really part of my gig. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to decline the work. I don't know. Does that... Is that a fairer argument than just you're gay, I'm not doing it because I don't believe in being gay? I think it's kind of like the line I was going down initially, too, that you would only want to work with somebody that really believes in, particularly if it is creative, yeah, that right? believes in what you're doing. Like I gave those examples. I wouldn't want an editor that does, you know, far right religious sermons to edit my gay 
sex podcast TV episode, I would just think like, absolutely not. Like you're not right. going to get it. What and, I might do though, sorry to interrupt you, but what I might do is take someone who is far right and ask them to then do a gay visual thing because you want that interesting dichotomy. Maybe I'm trying to find out why you would push well, it. it Right. Well, why Cody, would you push it? Right. Well, Cody, it just it did go to the Supreme Court, and we all know that citing cases can be a slippery slope or a domino effect for future mm-hmm. cases that might look a little different than the one we're talking about. She did say that she's not willing to, on a separate interview, she's willing to work with gay people, just not gay couples and marriage uh, she has a problem with marriage because it goes against her religion no, that's it's just a slippery slope like you guys were saying god i think that when you discriminate discriminate against people then you it's not it's on a, a playing field that's level you have to be equal opportunity to all people you can't necessarily pick and choose who you want to uh service if you're a business i think that when you turn away people like you have the right to not service people in your in your protein bakery lincoln but i think that you have to have a justification for not necessarily wanting to am i correct or am i incorrect in saying that you have to have a basis for wanting to um service them or not right moving on you know is happening in miami beach or just was happening and i've got to go a couple years when we had our former site and it's really exciting i really love it but this particular year art basil art and folly and equal pride they've teamed up together to present iridescent and this is a new lgbtq plus curated art fair that breaks the mold of traditional art events. Iridescent LGBTQ plus art fair brings together a diversity of artists and a cross section of sexual orientations, allowing them to explore identity through our art. Iridescent takes place, it took place December 2nd through the 4th at the hetero-friendly Axel Beach Hotel in Miami Beach, Florida. Sounded Really cool because they're going to be doing, in addition to the art and being surrounded by art performances, they were going to have tea dances and all kinds of fashion presentations. And I think it's really good. It got me thinking a lot about art. In addition to that, Madonna celebrated the anniversary of her sex book with a huge party also at Art Basel in Miami that San Laurent drew the party for uh, to celebrate Stephen Meisel's iconic 1992 photography book, Sex, featuring photo- photographs of Madonna and many other people. Tons of people came to that. I wish I was at that party. Honey Dijon oh, was spinning, who I am a big fan of. So it got me thinking about art and our community. Lincoln, I know you're a huge fan, as I am, of Tama Finland, and I'm a huge fan of Keith Haring, who always used HIV, his HIV status, in his art and talked about his art depicted sex. So I think it's really cool because sex and art go together. Now, we're not talking porn, but I just think to finally, we're getting to a point where the rest of the world is embracing it. Why were you always drawn to like Tom of Finland and what does art that represents sexuality mean to you? 
<clears throat> well, I always love Tom of Finland mainly because it was an exaggeration of um, real life. It wasn't a depiction of real life walking down the street, but every curve was slightly exaggerated. And it's funny that 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 was always interesting to me. And he always, when I went to the Tom of Finland home in LA, they had the photos of the actual guys that he drew. And they were very, you know, they weren't as cartoonish as his drawings. And I've always loved living in a bit of a cartooned world with the way that I dress, with the way I carry myself, with the, the, the environment that I live in, whether it's the bakery or home or the gyms that I teach at. I like that slightly cartoon world going on. And, and that always brought me back to Tom of Finland and to Keith Haring. I feel Keith Haring's the same idea, that cartoon living. Yeah, Cody, it's really exciting. I know because our, I think for so long, at least when I was growing up, sex, gay sex was so taboo and ooh, don't mm-hmm. look at that. And any talk of it was that even when Madonna's sex book came out, it was panned. Oh my gosh, what is she doing? She's even said in posts that now it can actually be celebrated. But of course, at the time, she just got so much flack for all that. So we're actually here at a time that's, I think you recently posted pictures on your Instagram of art of yourself, AI art, which oh, also depicts, yeah. really, which I thought was really cool and sexy. What do you think it is about? Do you think it's because we've been so deprived to talk about our sexuality and now we're just at a time, the times are shifting in our favor to express, no, we are it's a sexuality and we want to see it in art. Oh, I totally agree. I think that because I think because we have been so deprived of, I think it was coming before we actually went into the pandemic, but once we got into the pandemic and we couldn't talk to each other or touch each other or really be in person with one another, then it was really in that moment that we saw that, how much our sexuality really meant to us and we came to have an affinity and an appreciation of it. So I really think that the pandemic really put a lot of things into perspective. Nice, nice, absolutely. Well, I wanted to talk a little, I asked you earlier about how you're celebrating or going to be celebrating the holiday season, but I also know the holidays are different for different people particularly our community. And I want you to talk about the highs and lows of the holiday season with things like mental illness. Sickness seems to be on the way. I'm just getting over this. Seems like I've been sick for six weeks. It's just on and on, but I'm getting better. Thank good. People losing, We on this show, Cody, I know we've talked about losing so many young gays at such young ages, mass shootings and threats to the community. And then a general feeling uh-huh. of what the holidays elicit is truly different to the community for different people. What, what, and then it got me to read this Reddit thread where they write, I feel so disconnected lately and anyone else do. What do you do? I feel quite so disconnected from reality, society, media, existence, etc. lately. These are things that can bring me temporary joy, but otherwise I'm constantly sad. And although I obviously know why, I also know 
not to care at all about anything. I can't control nor influence, so I don't really know why I'm continuously sad. I'm really tired too. Anyone else? And so, Cody, what do you think? The holidays can really elicit a lot, but there's a lot going on, particularly in our community, that may really bring people really down. I know that I just said that the pandemic made us realize how important sexuality is, but there's it's a double-edged sword when it comes to that. I feel like, especially for me, I literally just had this conversation with one of my really, really good friends about how it has made me, being disconnected from people has made me feel kind of depressed, for lack of a better word. And it made me feel alone. And I feel like a lot of that is going around. It's very widespread as far as not only the LGBTQ community, but worldwide. Everybody is feeling kind of alone and kind of depressed. And I think that uh, I don't know what it will take to actually get people out of feeling that. And it's and it's really difficult to think about. But when we actually take account of it and 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 recognize it, then that is the the first step in actually coming to terms with it. I agree 100%. And, you know, Lincoln, you talked about a list of parties we're going to. It could be a time to live in fear as well when you see so many attacks on our safe spaces. Do you just not letting fear get in the way of your holiday season this particular year? I mean, I know you talked about salty pretzel. You already had your scare at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I feel like I have so many, so many things to say about this. It's interesting. First of all, I don't have the connection, which I guess is that good denial that people have of um, a shooting happening or a rock hitting a window in Elle's kitchen and an event mm-hmm. that I'm going to go to. I think right. subconsciously, I know that is always possible, but there's a denial in that's not going to happen. That doesn't happen you know, there's 500 bars going on in the tri-state area and one rock against a window does not affect the 499 other one. You know what I mean? So there's a little bit of a disconnect for me. As far as the artwork thing, I think that people doubled down on Instagram and all social media through the pandemic because it got us through it. And now there's this AI craze this whole weekend. Everyone was doing the AI free trial and making everyone look amazing. We don't look that way. We just don't. And people walk in the door. And it's like, oh my God, you look horrible in real life. So there is that, that online perception blended with the reality. Same with Tom of Finland. I remember, like I just said, I went to the Tom of Finland house. The person I went to is is kind of a, a I don't want to say a body snob, but like a, uh, you know, like we know each other through fitness. And mm-hmm. his take was like, oh my God, the men weren't built at all. He drew them built, but they weren't really built. And I'm like, but that's oh. his eye. You don't put right. down anything. That's the artist's eye. So, so, and now with this AI thing, it's like, great. Everyone looks like a cartoon superhero, but then you look in the mirror and you don't really look like that. And that's, well, again, your subconscious fantasy. and your self-esteem. Yeah, I think that that affects your self-esteem. You did say, though, we, earlier. We Lincoln, have enough you- body dysmorphia going on, let alone throwing us into an AI machine. 
You did say, though, earlier, Lincoln, that you like to live or think of yourself living in a cartoon kind of world. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the cure for the holiday blues and a lot of these blues are to volunteer. Get your butt out there. Go volunteer at a soup kitchen. Volunteer for people that need handing out coats. That is going to give us some of that positivity back, especially during the holiday season. Yeah. And really, we can't say enough about your chosen family that you cultivate. And volunteering is a great way to, you know, if you are finding you don't have a lot of close people around you, even chosen family, that is a great way to kind of start cultivating that to not feel alone. What were you going to say, Cody? I think that everybody handles it in their own specific way. I think that giving back is definitely a good way to connect with your, with everybody out there in your community. And, uh, but I think that if you want to indulge in fantasy, then please feel free to go ahead and do that because uh, at the end of the day, as long as you realize that it is fantasy, then it's, it can be healthy for you and your self-esteem. A hundred percent. I don't disagree with what you just said at all. I do though think that the bigger arc of our current culture, especially post pandemic is that there is an online reality. And then there is the reality of the day to day. And that dichotomy is really hard, especially in New York city. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, the big cities or, or, or some people can't even get their like website put up by people because they're gay or there's just so many barriers. It feels like every yeah. six feet you're walking in. You know that that cartoon where you step on the rake and the pole hits you in the face? Like you step on something and it like, boom, it hits you. I feel like I can't even walk four blocks without garbage being on the street or someone being angry or it's just a lot. So, and I think our online world, because it is our own bubble that we can control yeah. versus the real world are two very different things. You could just close the browser and it's gone, but you can't do that walking down the street. Yeah. I think I, you can, in, for me personally, I have a little bit more anxiety when I'm walking around. Just, just that awareness factor based on what's currently going on. I try and I keep it in check. And I limit, I've never been one to spend too much time on social media, but I do talk to people that are on it a lot that say, you know, healthy doses and trying to minimize that to keep a perspective of not going, comparing and all the things that come along with social media. Healthy doses, I think, is what is really best if you can. Facts. I agree. All right. Well, recently, World AIDS Day occurred, December 1st, and GLAAD released their 2022 State of HIV Stigma Study, and this included some encouraging findings. It's a four-page study, and it has been tracking HIV stigma annually since 2020, focused on Americans' attitudes and knowledge of HIV. Findings from the study showed around 87% of adults agree there is stigma around HIV. At that, only half of those surveyed felt knowledgeable about HIV. The study was conducted online in February of this year and sampled over 2,500 U.S. adults 18 and over. Uh, Sent, the world's largest consumer network for digital survey-based research collected and sourced the sample. So 43% of adults felt more comfortable with interacting with HIV-positive people, and that's up from 36% in 2020 
when the report first started two years ago. There's also increased understanding of PrEP, benefits for preventing HIV, and of course the U equals U campaign. There's still, though, a lot of stigma around HIV because one in three Americans Mm -hmm. say they've seen stories about HIV positive people in the media within the last 12 months. Uh, And there's been a decrease in a belief that only certain groups of people can get HIV. So I still think (laughs) we were talking, Cody, recently on a listener wrote in for Tags Live, and we were just last week talking about how even his gay husband was pointing the finger at him. It was kind of a complicated story, but you can listen to episode 419 to hear the full story if you're interested, as we gave advice for our listener. But even within their married relationship, he was experiencing stigma and kind of pointing the finger like, you got this, I got syphilis, but it's not as bad as what you got. And we were horrified by it when we were listening to him. And so stigma is real and still happening. What are your thoughts, Cody? Uh, do you think it's we're getting there, but still, if within our own community, we're still seeing stigma exist, but thank God for these studies? Oh, yeah. I think that it's slow going, especially considering how long it's been since this epidemic came about. But I think that these studies are showing that it's trending in the right direction, fortunately. And I think the more education people have, that's really the way to combat this, the stigma and the fear that encompasses HIV. And I really think that uh, as long as people are knowledgeable and they are comfortable, I think the more that people come out and say uh, that, and I know that it's not easy for people because you have to feel comfortable, but I think the more that, that you share your story and that you're an actual human being, then the more people will see this upward trend of people being more comfortable with HIV. And, and yeah. Yeah. It's great to see more and more people not just come out, but come out with their HIV status. And I feel like within the community, Lincoln, the word, the message for the most part has, we've come so far. Uh, This was a generalized study of just all Americans. I don't think it always gets to non LGBTQ members of the community counterparts of how far we've come and i'm just curious lincoln i know i thought you were watching american horror story new york that just happened did you watch the whole series and see i did and at first i i wanted to know your take on it because spoiler alert if you haven't seen the whole thing but it's been a couple weeks done so you know you can pause it here if you want but (laughs) the whole it was a horror it started off like a horror series like anyone. And I was going down that path. And then towards the last few episodes, the real horror of it all was the the HIV epidemic. And that was the real, and they used this leather clad muscle hound guy that at first I was a little offended. Like, are we, why was he the the person that signals the doom, but then mm-hmm. I kind of got the poetic side of it all. And what did you think of that and how they dealt with it and how it had a huge turn, Lincoln? Well, I, I enjoyed the season. I haven't enjoyed an American Horror Story season in a while. And I enjoyed this one. Um, I just lost interest in some of the other ones. I I was conflicted 
I was conflicted because I have a lot of pictures on Facebook and all over the place of me in harnesses, me in chaps, mm -hmm. me in, you know, all of that gear, my mirror, all that stuff. So to see that on pop, quote unquote, popular culture being doused with blood and murdering people right. in that is like, Jesus, like, what are we doing? Especially after the Dahmer craze. Like, and I still kind of stand by that, that I think I don't, I, I'm not going to speak for straight people. I don't know how many straight people got really into this season of American Horror Story. <laughs> Right, so that goes know. back to it's my like messaging. It's like it went over right? their head. Like it didn't right. really matter to them. And for us, it was a scary, subversive, um, mind-twisting vision of Fire Island and Manhattan during an AIDS crisis, during communication being different because there were no cell phones, there were pay phones there, you know, like so many things were shot at the modern day Eagle, but people don't really know that. And in the yeah. series, it was owned by a woman, which it, the current Eagle is not. So I, after a while, I just kind of sat back and enjoyed the cinematography. I, I enjoyed a lot of the things that happened in that series happened to me in my life. Like just, the partying and things going a little too far. I mean, no one was ever killed, thank God. But there were things that went too far in my first, in my 20s in New York City and in my 30s. And then in Fire Island, one of the houses was my share. Oh, wow. That's so that was really weird that like it was shot in the share that I had. And like the pool was where we watched Hillary accept the nomination to run for press, like what is happening? It was so, wow. it was just mind crazy. And in terms of stigma, I think, yeah, probably I'm assuming if we had to guess, a lot of hetero people didn't watch this. So proliferating the idea that the messaging is not really getting out there. However, one could hope that maybe younger people, younger LGBTQ people did watch this and you got a take of life in New York City. And of course, at the very end, the, the real horror was the HIV epidemic that just was very like cinematic the way it was shot, like you said, and powerful in many ways. All right, well, moving on, a recent thread got my attention. What's with gay men's need for nudes, nude pics? For gay and queer men, a nude can certainly get the ball rolling with sexual and even romantic relationships, but not everyone is willing to send their X-rated pics just to anyone. I know I'm not anymore. I'll tell you why in a minute. But Ooh. a recent Reddit thread asked the question, why are dudes so obsessed with nudes? Why are guys so surprised or hurt when I say I'm not comfortable taking pics and sending them? And in the comment section, Reddit users tried to explain this explicit explanation quote because masturbation one person wrote in the top voted comment somebody else wrote great question to be honest i just like looking at bodies yeah other commenters said they enjoy gazing upon the human form well look at some tom of finland then i just like how the male body looks dick balls shoulders nipples chest and the whole thing so nudes are enjoyable for me i think it's fine obviously it's been a part of our culture for so long. I just think for me now, I don't use a lot of the online apps at all. Mm -hmm. I meet people out. If I'm going to do something, I'll go to 
a cruise bar like we talk about in the Eagle, and you can see it in person. You just have to ask. <laughs> I'll show you. But I think in general that sending nudes, I if I am on the apps, I'll let them see what's in there, but I kind of don't want them on their phone. And that's just kind of how I feel. I don't know. Yeah. You guys aren't really sending nudes, I'm assuming, since you're both in relationships, committed relationships, and so on and so forth. But Cody... Did you used to send nudes back and forth? I know you send them to Joe currently. So yeah, I send them. I was going to say I send them now to Joe because that is one way that we keep our relationship spicy. <laughs> I think that we're, just because <laughs> I, men are generally more visually stimulated, so I feel like that that's just one way to to keep. The, the, the magic going, especially in the bedroom or when we're apart or what have you. I just, I, I love sending nudes. And I like the people on the Reddit thread. I love the way the male body looks. I love the way my body personally looks. And I think that the more that I am exposed to it, <laughs> pun intended, I think the more that I, I find it more appealing because when you look at something for a prolonged period of time, then it generally becomes more acceptable to you. So yeah, I think that news are amazing. Got it. I love it. And I love that you send them to Joe still and keep keep that ball going. Lincoln, what are your thoughts on sending nudes? Did you used to do that before? Do you send them to PETA? Um, I do. Peter and I do that from time to time. We haven't in a little bit, so thanks for the inspiration. Because all yeah, yeah, that's like that's a good reminder, Peter. Yeah, that was there was a time we did that a little more. Um, I usually find nudes more inspirational to work out a little harder or to you know see something that is like, hey, I remember when I used to do these exercises, I got more of those results. Right. I also now, because times have changed so much, it used to be more of a a rarity, but now at least what I follow on Instagram, they're popping up everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, well, how photoshopped with that, or what is the filter of that? And then I'm losing the point of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I'll go for a good nude from time to time. I have no problem with that. <laughs> I like yeah. real life, though. You know. I think, yeah, I think in relationships, it would be great to keep the, like you said, the spice, Cody, going. And didn't you use another tip that would be good? I believe it was what you said, Cody, is do you have like a filter on your screen so that mm -hmm. the person next to you can't just see? If so, that's a good tip to tell our listener audience one more time. Oh, yeah. Send it with invisible ink. And then when the nude pops up, it, there is like a a, a, a filter or a sh like a shade or something over top of it. Also, what I just purchased is a a screen for your for your iPhone that where anybody that's next to you can't actually see your screen. You have to be looking at it face on. Yeah, and, I've seen those. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, I, I like it's so I have one right now on my phone. So I, I look at uh, porn on the on on the subway now. <laughs> oh, my. And you're 100 percent certain no one can see. Why are you looking at porn on the subway? Oh, yeah, I couldn't do that. I, I mean, nobody can time. see it. I mean, you know, I, sometimes I need a little bit of a pick me up when I'm on the subway. Okay. Most of the time it's Instagram. <laughs> 
I think it's I think it's brilliant that you have this screen that nobody can see. I would be freaking out that it broke or something, and Granny next to me would be seeing, you know, that big dick inside that guy's ass. I would be freaking out. But the other thing is, how can you watch porn and not get turned on and want to take care of it? I couldn't do that. Really? No, I, no. I watch it all the time. So I even on Twitter, I think that mainly it was because of my Twitter because so much porn pops up on my Twitter and I just have the app open and I'm scrolling and all of a sudden there's a dick. So I'm like, okay, all right, I need to actually Yeah, I've had that day. happen too. <laughs> I, I I listen, this is such a geek like moment, me. but I want, I get alerts from the White House whenever there's a press conference okay. and I watch them yes. through Twitter. Especially if it's something I'm really interested on, like President Biden speaking or, you know, it's a certain thing they're talking about in the news. And every time I click on that link to go to to watch it on Twitter, there's like balls and ass flying all over See? the place between the time I get there or scroll around. So I do Paul, hear that. Politics and porn. I know this. that's what's filling my Twitter it. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but great tip on that, diversify. Cody. Yeah, but right, I like exactly. I love that tip. <laughs> All right. Well, I couldn't help but get to this Reddit thread, this final story. I don't, I'm just going to preface this. I don't agree with where he's, I do agree that there's a shift when it comes to aging. I'm just setting this up, but I don't okay. feel the way he does. He says, when did you start feeling older? And you know, age is always a big topic that I love Mm -hmm. to talk about because we're all aging. He says, I'm 46 and I feel it. I stopped with hookups a few years ago because suddenly it just felt gross and like I should know better. STI risks now matter more than sex. 20 and 30 something message me on Grindr and I can't understand why I'm not interested in meeting and would rather be in bed at 10. Oh, sweetie. On a Saturday (laughs) even, I look at Grindr and realize that I'm the one I'm one of the oldest, older guys in my area, so I chat a little on there, and that's it. Goofing around on Snapchat with randoms feels like I'm being ridiculous when I look at gay Snapchat and realize they mostly are half my age, and I'm just the weird old guy. All of these previously, quote, normal sexual activities feel childish and that it's time for me to move on. But move on to what? Has anyone else been through this? What is next? I'm single because I want to be. Maybe that's my mistake. Anyhow, there must be someone who can relate to these feelings at this age. You know, he's only 46, my goodness. And I'm 51 and I don't feel this way. I do feel a shift. And I know, Lincoln, you always say it's called being an adult. And there has been a shift in the last several years and just shifting in general in my 50s where, you know, maybe I'm not out partying like I used to be, but my mentality of how I feel is not like I feel old. In fact, my neighbor down the hall, we're planning to go to a fun Sunday night club in a couple of weeks here. And he says the average age is like 35 and under and um and we were and we're both the same age we're like perfect so i think <laughs> i know lincoln what do you think about this guy is he in a rut or i mean we all go through a shift but it's kind of dramatic no well first of all we outgrow stuff all the time right and there is an entire world out there i mean it does seem 
like gay culture at times can be reduced to hooking up and drag race. <laughs> and there is a big gay world okay, out hey. there in theater, in the arts, in um, th- there's just a big gay world out there. So first of all, you know, like just don't limit yourself. I'm going to be a little controversial and say, talk to your doctor and get your testosterone checked. Oh, I just got mine too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. If you're reaching, if you're reaching certain ages in your life and your testosterone is going down, then that mm-hmm. magic wand of doing stuff like that doesn't feel quite as sparkly anymore. And that's, that's something that now with testosterone replacement and talking to your doctor and seeing a urologist that can really help you get out of that um funk mindset that funk exactly however you know last night we were supposed to go to the eagle i wanted to go have two beers and we stayed at home and we watched the crown and i text with a few friends that i would have seen if they happened to also be there and i'm with my dog and my fiance and if you choose not to be with to have your time alone at home and have your interest at home there's nothing wrong with that and i wouldn't Mm-hmm. I wouldn't oh, be overly critical of that. I'm not saying ignore it and you're being ridiculous because that's not true, but I would just be a little easier on yourself and be like, I, you know what? There's a whole world out there that doesn't have to do with hooking up, you know, like, or being on the apps that outgrowing that or outgrowing going to a club to 4 a.m. and doing things that keep you up until 4 a.m. Sometimes that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I agree. Such great advice, Lincoln. I love that. And it's almost like he's, you're right. He listed the things that are, maybe he did before that are very stereotypical of our community and that's fine and great, but maybe pivot and look at all the open, all the other windows that are open to us that are beautiful. And I love the testosterone thing because I just got mine checked too, because yes, it's, at the core, it's can you get hard or not, but it's really your mood and how you approach as men. And so, Cody, what are your thoughts on this and what he's going through? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you guys more. I think that when as you grow older, you definitely lose interest in some things. They just seem <coughs> trivial at the end of the day. And I that's the mentality of a 20-year-old versus the mentality of a 30-year-old and and so on and so forth. I think that I still don't feel old, though. I still feel like even though my interests have shifted, then I feel I feel like a lot of that is 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 part of growing up and part of really who I am becoming who I am right now. And I feel like I could still do those things if I wanted to. That's it's not like those that that has necessarily ended for me. I could still go out and party all night long, but I think that my interests have broadened. I think that that's just growing as a person. Honestly, I think that we should look into an app to make that so that we can um <laughs> for men uh, gay men over 40 or what have you so that we can actually have something to connect us to build community. Because this man, like you say, and there's a big a big hole there. So maybe we, that we could fill that hole. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with everything that you said too. Great idea on the app too. Let's get on that. But <laughs> I think you're right. It's about keeping 
you know, we're all aging and that's just the fact, but you got to keep your interests and move on from some of those interests that aren't serving you that maybe served you before. But there's a whole world out there, like Lincoln was saying, like you were saying, I don't feel old at all. I just feel like now I'm moving on to newer things and it's exciting actually, but I'm far from bored or getting down. And that's why I think it's also good to kind of look at you know, have a conversation maybe with your doctor and see, is it chemical? And consider pivoting towards newer endeavors that... Can I say two more things? Yeah, absolutely. Really quick. Um, Two things that just struck me. I I have some good friends that are going on the Atlantis cruise in February. And Peter and I want to go, but we haven't booked our ticket. And then there's like, do we really want to go on an Atlantis cruise where everyone's having sex and going crazy? Is that mm-hmm. after the couple of years we've had, is that our first venture out? You know what I mean? We can't right. make it to Brooklyn to go to a dance thing when we're, and we're just going to go full balls to the wall <laughs> on a week cruise. Right. Right. And there's been a lot of hemming and hawing about it. And now with pretzel not being well, like leaving her is going to be hard. I am a member of the Facebook app for that particular cruise. And there this the third oh, one came up that's that that says we're a monogamous couple. There's a lot of monogamous couples going on this cruise. We have this event planned on this night of the cruise, this event planned on another night where the focus is being friends with other couples and enjoying the cruise without having sex being the focus. And I thought, even though I didn't really look that hard, that's so awesome that that's happening on the cruise. That is not better or worse than anyone else's experience on the cruise. It just is an option. And I do believe those options are in our world. They're in our world online. They're in our world in our neighborhood. So that like when we say go a little deeper, look out because they are, it is out there. I know I used a microcosm to to put that example, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. is out there. The other thing that is something I have been very sensitive to my whole life is people that have to hate it to leave it. People yeah, that I- go through an experience in life and in order to move on or grow out of it, they have to put it down. So hooking up online and having one night stands, you don't need to categorize that into STDs and the worst thing that could happen in that situation to leave it. That behavior is perfectly fine. And if you dip that back into it in the long run, fine, but you don't have to hate it to leave it. And I'm always very sensitive to that, to remind people, Hey, Hey, you don't have to, you know, I'm moving out of New York. So you have to hate New York or I'm moving out of this. I have to hate Chelsea because I don't live there. No, you don't. You could just enjoy it for when you were there and enjoy something else in the long run. And I love that fact that he actually, whether it's a Reddit thread or not, he is putting it out there. And that's sort of like kind of a good that's first a step. step. Yeah. yeah so that's a step. hopefully there was a lot of commenters on it and that really took the time to write in there some thoughtfully crafted answers. And so hopefully he's on his way. All right. Well, thank you so much fun. As always, we covered a lot of territory as always. And, you know, you can always follow my co-host. You can follow Lincoln at his protein bakery. Follow it on Instagram at protein bakery at protein bakery. And of course, his personal account at mad Lincoln. 
Follow Cody. He's a life coach at KMD Coaching. KMD Coaching, or of course, Mr. Maurice. Mr. Maurice. And follow me. I am underscore Steve V. I am underscore Steve V. Or of course, at Tags Podcast. Thanks, guys. So much fun, as always. And um, happy holidays, everyone. In the meantime, yeah. yeah. Month of the year. Exactly. In the meantime, continue having hot, hot, gay, gay sex. sex. Ah. <laughs> you were late, but yes. you.